jaya girivara dhare jaya girivara dhare gopi jana balaba jaya girivara dhare jaya girivara dhare Gopi jana balaba jayo girivara dhari jayo girivara dhari jayo girivara dhari jayo girivara Yashodanandana Jaya Raja Janaranjana Yashodanandana Jaya Janaranjana Yashodanandana Jaya Raja Janaranjana Jamunati Ravanachari Jaya Kunjabihari Jaya Kunjabi Hari Yamunati Ravanachari Jaya Kunjabi Hari Jaya Kunjabi Hari Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Kunjabi Hari Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Kunjabi Hari Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Kunjabi Hari Mm-hmm.
Shripopad ki Gantrachimad Bhagavatam ki jai Jami Chavat Paramahamsa Parijakacharya Sutta Shri Shri Srimad Abhayachanavinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Shripopad ki jai Jami Chavat Paramahamsa Parijakacharya Sutta Shri Shri Srimad Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur Shripopad ki So we're reading from Canto 7, Chapter 9, Prahlad pacifies the Lord with prayers. Verse 47. Rupe ime sadasati tava vedasriste Bijankurav ivanachanyat arupakasya Yukta samaksham uva yatra vichakshan tetvam Yoge navahnimivadarushunanyatasyad Rupe ime sadasatitavavedatshriste Bijankurav ivanachanya darupakasya Yukta samaksham ubayatra vichakshantetvam Yoge navahnimivadarushunanyatasyat
Mataji's. Rupe in the forms Ime these two Sat Asati the cause and the effect Tava your Vedasreshte explained in the Vedas Bijankuro the seed and the sprout Eva like Na never Cha, also, Anyat, any other, Arupakasya, of you, who possess no material form, Yukta, those engaged in your devotional service, Samaksham, before the very eyes, Ubayatra, in both ways, Spiritually and materially. Vichakshante can actually see. Tvam, you. Yogena, simply by the method of devotional service. Vahnim, fire. Eva, like. Darushu, in wood. Na, not. Anyata, from any other means. Syat, it is possible. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami By authorized Vedic knowledge, one can see that the forms of cause and effect in the cosmic manifestation belong to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For the cosmic manifestation is His energy. Both cause and effect are nothing but energies of the Lord. Therefore, O oh my Lord, just as a wise man, by considering cause and effect, can see how fire pervades wood, those engaged in devotional service understand how you are both the cause and effect. Purport. As described in previous verses, many so-called students of spiritual understanding follow the ten different methods known as Mauna Vrata, Shruta, Tapo, Adhyayana, Swadharma, Vyakya, Raho, Japa, Samadhyaya. These may be very attractive, but by following such methods, one cannot actually understand the real cause and effect and the original cause of everything. Janma Adhyasayataha. The original source of everything is the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. Sarvakarana Karanam. 
This original source of everything is Krishna, the supreme ruler. Ishvara, Paramakrishna, Satchidananda Vigraha. He has his eternal spiritual form. Indeed, he is the root of everything. Bijam Mam Sarva Bhutanam. Whatever manifestations exist, their cause is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This cannot be understood by so-called silence or by any other hodgepodge method. The Supreme Cause can be understood only by devotional service as stated in Bhagavad Gita, Bhaktiamam Abhijanati. Elsewhere in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 14, Verse 21, the Supreme Godhead personally says, Bhaktiaham Ekaya Grahya. One can understand the original cause of all causes, the Supreme Person, only by devotional service, not by show-bottle exhibitionism. Aumagyanatimirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Yena Tasma Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Okay, Hare Krishna. <clears throat> so we're continuing with the, the prayers by Prahlad Maharaj. And um, this is the next verse. We're speaking about um, <clears throat> how the Lord is the cause and the effect. And the cause and effect is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Prabhupada is making it very clear in the purport. Now, it was interesting because um, just a couple of days ago I was on book distribution and I met this one girl and um, I introduced Bhagavad Gita to her and I told her how it talks about meditation and yoga and the whole lifestyle that goes with it. And she said, yeah, I like meditation, but I don't like how sometimes it becomes a bit religious. So I was curious and I asked her, like, what do you mean by the meditation becoming religious? Like, what are you trying to, what, what are you trying to say? So you know like how it, they talk about God, you know, like I don't like the God thing, you know, in that. And then she started flicking to the Bhagavad Gita and she spotted like God and a few pages of God and then again God and again Supreme Person and she completely started freaking out. She said, God, look, look, this is exactly what I don't want, you know. I don't like to, um, I don't believe in God. Um, and so, so I, my question to her was like, what do you mean you don't believe in God? You know, like, did you create sun and moon? Like, who did? You know? Oh, no, I, like, you know, um, I believe in the human beings. I believe in people. I said, but the people didn't create the moon, sun and moon. So who did? And she wasn't very sure, and she kind of went back and forth for a bit. But then I, my, my suggestion to her was that maybe you are you're finding it hard to understand or accept God uh, if you're looking at it from a Western point of view, of understanding God as like the supreme controller, someone who judges us. But if you understand God as the cause of all the causes, then it might be a bit easier. If you see God as the source of all the energies, say, yeah, yeah, I can accept the energies, everything is energy. As yes, the God is the source of all the energies. 
I said, oh, I like that. I can take that, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and so it's quite interesting because the Vedic um, knowledge explains God is not just a controller or not just like a supreme judge, but you understand, explains God as the cause or source of all the energies, the material, spiritual, and marginal, primarily. But God has unlimited energies. Yeah? And God, or Lord, or Krishna, is the source of all these energies. And that makes the whole understanding or the definition of, of the Supreme more, more holistic, more complete. Otherwise, it's just very limited. Now, when we talk about the source as God, as Supreme, of course, the scientists don't like it. And uh, <clears throat> here Prabhupada is giving so many references and verses to explain how the source, a supreme person, is God. And, uh, and science, because they don't want to accept God, so therefore they have to come up with some theory or some explanation. And so they explain one of the main theory is the BBT, Big Bang Theory, <laughs> not our BBT. And, uh, <clears throat> and the Big Bang Theory explains how it's the source of everything. But it's very interesting because uh, if you look into it just a little bit, like, you, know, even if you don't need to have a lot of knowledge about it, but just a very basic understanding of it, very quickly we come to a conclusion that this is also a religion. This is also some kind of a belief. Um, that Obviously there is no proof for it. So... It's just part of my research. I found this definition to the Big Bang, which basically summarized everything in one paragraph. It's according to this theory, before the Big Bang, there was no time or space. In essence, universe began with a small unknown singularity, which then inflated like a balloon over 13.7 billion years to the cosmos that we know today. So out of nowhere, suddenly, an, an incredibly hot uh, ball of something appeared somewhere, somehow, for some unknown reason, and began to expand very rapidly with the entire universe inside of it. And somehow, mysteriously, the chaos found order. So that's the theory in a sense. Quite interesting, isn't it? Some kind of a cosmic soup with some fundamental particles of neutrons, protons, electrons somehow happen to come together in some very hot and dense temperature and uh, over some billions of years or millions of years it started forming life. So very interesting theory. <clears throat> Darwin's theory was also something very interesting because it talks about evolution. And when there was a question about if how we see all the different species and how is it evolution of the species, where did the evolution start? So the, so he, so the Darwin's, Darwin's explanation to that was you know, I'm not fully sure, 
but it was some kind of like a bunch of chemicals that came together from a very simplistic singular cell into becoming more and more and more complicated living entities that we know today. And Prabhupada's def classic comeback is, what's Prabhupada's reply to that when they say, life coming from chemicals, what do Prabhupada say? Yeah. Then make it today. If, you, if that happened millions of years ago, and if you are sure about it, then why don't you do it again? And say, oh no, we, we are working on it, we are almost there. It will be in future. And, uh, <clears throat> and obviously it's, it's completely bogus. It's a completely bogus reply. Is that you are convinced about a philosophy or you are convinced about a theory that you are saying that it's true and that's why God doesn't exist because after all it's coming from the chemicals and its combination. If you are convinced about it, then show a proof but that they cannot show. Okay, show some references that somewhere, some, at some point it happened, like show some clear proof, cannot show it. Um, so, it's, it's a completely make-believe. It's a religion then, because again, to believe in that you need to have faith. You know, just like they reject God because they can't see it, but then there are many things like this that they have absolutely no uh, proof for, but then they believe in it. And it's quite amazing because I was speaking to many devotees, actually I've spoken to many devotee kids going to school, and they're fully convinced that Darwin's theory is true. <laughs> it's quite amazing. And uh, when I was telling them about, you know, how, how you know, do you, do you believe in this? That, um, that, that it sort of started from this singularity, and how we over the time evolved into more complicated species and yeah, it's true, isn't it? Like the devotee kids were like, they're, they're very convinced about it and they're telling me like, yeah, it's true, isn't it? Because uh, we study about it and we have studied about it for many years and even if we don't understand fully, I'm sure that the people who are speaking this, they know. So I guess it's, it's, um, it's safe to believe in it. But... If you just go a little bit deeper, we understand that actually there is absolutely no proof to it. <clears throat> and, and just the way how the theory is presented, that someone, any scientist with some common sense can also not accept it. Even he, he would struggle or she would struggle. How can this be true, you know? That it's just like coming out of the blue completely. So, again, just as how the science goes, they have to keep coming up with new and new theories. So, one of the very common questions is, where did the Big Bang come from? And the modern reply to that is, the Big Bang came from a big bounce. Have you heard of that? <laughs> yeah, it's, a very, it's, it's, a, it's a interesting. Um, I didn't know much about it, but here is what the definition of Big Bounce is. It proposes that the universe could collapse to the state where it began and then initiate another Big Bang. So in this way, the universe would last forever, but would pass through phases of expansion, which is Big Bang, and contraction, which is Big Crunch. So it's all these big theories. The Big Bang, the Big Bounce, the Big Crunch. So, um, <clears throat> but 
the devotees, even someone who has very basic understanding um, of Shastras and some very basic common sense can understand that this is not going too far and um, doesn't make sense. And that we understand from the, from the scriptures how there's so much more clarity given to the whole cause of the universe. Now, coming to some our coming to our our level, coming to our practical understanding or, or application of it. How does that make any difference in our life if we understand that Krishna is the cause of everything? How does it change anything for us? What do you think? If you understand, okay, here is the verse talking about how the Lord, how Krishna is the cause of everything. He's the cause and the effect. How does that change anything for you? You're still going to chant Hare Krishna, you're still going to get prasadam. You're still going to go to school or go to work. How, how does that change anything for you? Your faith increases. How? Okay. That is the cause of everything. Okay, so it gives us the faith that after what we are doing, that that is okay. Sure. Yeah. You are not self-centered. Okay. Good. Sure. Yes. Okay, that's good. Understanding in our life how it's the Lord who is causing it. Reduces a lot of burden from our shoulders. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Anyone else? Has any thoughts? Any of the army in the front? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Like when when we break something in the house, it's the Lord who did it. He's the cause. <laughs> Mom shouldn't be chastising me for it. <laughs> okay. Yes. <yeah>, sure. <clears throat> Actually, it's very interesting. Um, I think many of you pointed towards that, and um, and Bhagavad Gita talks about it as well in the in the. Tenth chapter. The reason or the benefit, or the reason why we study this, that why God or Supreme, why Krishna is the cause of everything, is to understand our relationship with Him. It's called Sambandha Gyan. Why is the Sambandha Gyan important? Because we need to understand how everything is related to the Supreme. Just like um, the example is given, it's just like if, uh, if someone gives me a gift to pass it on to someone else, right? So it's a gift that's given to me and that I have to give it to someone else. It's not mine. So as soon as I know it's not mine, I'm not attached to it. 
correct? Many times, you know, we see so much of suffering and so many problems going on in the society right now. In, there is war going on in the Palestine, there is the war going on in Ukraine, there is the war going on in all different parts of the world. And we somewhat feel bad about it, like, okay, as, as, as a human we, we would feel. But it's not like we are like feeling very morose and miserable that there's someone on the other end of the world who is suffering so much. We, we're not miserable, correct? But if something happened within our family, we would be very affected, correct? Why? Because there's a relationship. But if there's no relationship or if there's no, if there's no perceived relationship, then there is no real impact. There, there is, uh, um, there is nothing much would really change for us. Yeah. <clears throat> Similarly, you can see how there are many people that that are going through their own ordeals and challenges in life. And when we see them on walking around on the Swanson Street, or when we see them walking around, coming for our restaurants, or coming to the temple, and they are going through so many problems, but they don't affect us so much until we start to preach them. And then we start to preach to them, and then we make some connection or relationship, and then all, all of a sudden their problems matter to us. And we start thinking about how we can help them out, because there is a relationship. But if there is no relationship, then it doesn't really matter that much. So similarly, by learning about how Krishna is the cause of everything, we're trying to develop this relationship with Krishna. And understanding how Krishna is the cause and the effect, we're connecting both with Krishna, with the spiritual energy, and also with the material energy in the proper context. Now, what does it do when we understand that, um, uh, that Krishna is the cause of everything? What does it do? The Bhagavad Gita, there is a nice verse that talks about it. Does anyone know? Very famous verse, one of, the, one of the very important verses from Bhagavad Gita that says that the one who knows that I'm the cause of everything, what happens to him? It's from the Chatu Shloki. The first verse of Chatu Shloki, 10.8. The Pandits, chapter 10, verse 8, Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo Mata Sarvam Pravartate Eti Matva Bijante Maam Buddha Bhava Samanvita Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo Krishna is saying, I am the source of everything. Mata Sarvam Pravartate And everything is in me. He says, I am the source of everything, material and spiritual. Yeah? I'm the cause, I'm the source of everything. So when one understands this, <clears throat> such a person is Buddha, is intelligent. And what would be the result of knowing this? The Buddha Bhava Samanvita is that he's engaged, he then becomes engaged in my devotional service with determination. <clears throat> a lot of time we lack the necessary determination in engaging in Krishna consciousness is because we are not fully convinced of our relationship with Krishna. And because of the relationship is weak, 
then we become more and more attached or sometimes we become attached to the modes of material nature and we forget our relationship with Krishna and, and we, we become somewhat slack in our Krishna consciousness. That's why our Krishna consciousness goes up and down. Yes? Sometimes we are very fired up, sometimes we are not. It's because sometimes we understand that there is a relationship that I am a spirit soul, part of Krishna and that I need to be serving Him. But in the times when we forget and that is say that this bed is too comfortable. I can't leave this right now. Even for a very loud alarm. I can always snooze it. Or um, chanting attentively, reading the books. <clears throat> we can kind of excuse ourselves from all the important activities of Krishna consciousness until we are fully un un until we fully understood our relationship with Krishna. So that's very important that we understand. And that's why this verse is there. And that's why Prahlad Maharaj is explaining how there is a relationship. In the purport to the verse before 10.8, so in 10.7, Prabhupada writes in the purport something very interesting. I really like it. Prabhupada is saying that unless one is firmly convinced of the different opulences of the Supreme Lord, he cannot engage in devotional service. And then this is interesting. Generally people know that God is great, but they do not know in detail how God is great. Here are the details. If one knows factually how God is great, then naturally he becomes a surrendered soul and engages himself in the devotional service of the Lord. When one factually knows the opulences of the Lord Supreme, there is no alternative but to surrender to Him. So when we understand that actually everything that we see around us coming from Krishna, then at least some over-reverence, some respect for the Supreme is generated. We understand that, wow, this is an amazing person, that so many beautiful things of this world, so many intelligent things of this world, so many creative things of this world, it's all coming from this person. So how much amazing that person must be if, 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 a, if a very nice uh, kick in the soccer is very attractive. Whoa, that was an amazing kick. Well, it's, more attractive is the person who kicked the ball, isn't it? That, that person can do that, something like that. So it's so amazing. So many devotees say that uh, that uh, the dream person that I would like to be with is such and such player. Because how great he is, you know? And it's, 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 it's genuine, it's true. So if you understand how, God, how amazing Krishna is, then naturally that would become our dream, to be with him, in comparison to all the temporary stars of this world. So, and then Prabhupada continues to write, the one should not neglect to understand fully how great Krishna is. For by knowing the greatness of Krishna, one will be able to be fixed in sincere devotional service. So that's why we are, we are studying how Krishna is the cause of everything. And Krishna is not just the cause, but Krishna is also the effect. 
How? How Krishna is the effect? Who can say? Or let's say, let's, let's ask first, what is the effect that we are talking about? We spoke about the cause of everything, yeah, fine. And what is the effect that we are talking about? Result of action, yeah. So what, what is the effect in this context? Any thoughts? What is the effect? Like we are talking about, because here we are talking about Krishna is the source, Krishna is the cause, and Krishna is also the effect. So what is that effect that we are talking about? Is the you can say the effect is the is the um, one of the effect that we see around us is the material world. Yeah, the material energy. There is also something that there is also the spiritual energy, which is also an effect. There is also the marginal energy that is also an effect. So all these are effects, right? Krishna is creating them. But Krishna is also the effects. Krishna is not just the source and, and it's, it's, it's the energies and that they are gone. No, Krishna is also that effect. Does that make sense? Yes or no? 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 Yes. The Krishna is, <clears throat> Krishna is not different from his energies. Does that make sense? Krishna is not different from his energies. Not just the spiritual energy, but Krishna is also not different from his material energy. Because after all, the energy and energetic are never separated. So the sunlight is never separate from the sun. They are always one, in the sense that they are always together. And so in that way, when we understand how Krishna is represented in matter and in spirit, then a devotee can see Krishna everywhere. And in that way, that arouses our relationship with Him by being everywhere and doing everything that we do. The most amazing thing, and that a lot of people find it hard, and not just, this is not just the um, uh, atheists, but also the theists find it very hard to understand is that the cause and the effect of everything, the source, the supreme source, is a person. That's, that's the most mind-boggling thing. And that's explained here, Prabhupada is explaining through many different evidences in the purport, and uh, some of the verses that Prabhupada is referred to in the, in the purport, and those verses, and even in Bhagavad Gita chapter 10, verse 8, the verse that we spoke about, Aham Sarasa Prabhu, in that purport, Prabhupada is constantly saying so many references to show how Krishna is the supreme source, but he's a person. From Vedas, from Upanishads, from Puranas, from Bhagavad Gita, from Bhagavatam, there's no excuse for not believing in it. That he is a person. <clears throat> so this, this, um, this person is understood, or this relationship is established through devotional service. It's not established by some logic, by some mental speculation, by some yogic or mystic powers. So Krishna explains in uh, Bhagavad Gita, in the last verse of chapter 11, that all these different processes, they actually don't lead to the goal. 
the goal is our relationship with the Supreme, and that is allowed only through devotional service. So we'll finish here, and we'll see if anyone has any questions or comments or corrections. Hi Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhu, you mentioned how these scientists are creating new new theories every day. So I had a question related to school. Um, so when we have science exams and when we, are, when we are preparing for those science exams, the teachers tell us to read those theories, analyze that theory, and like try to memorize it in our heads. So Prabhuji, how can we stay aloof from those theories and at the same time Past exams. Mm. So it's good that you that you memorize that you learn them and you memorize them because as devotees we are not aloof of what's going on in the world outside. So sometimes as devotees we might we can get carried away in our own little bubble of everything Krishna conscious. And when scientists, if any scientist or any person, any any devotee of science comes to the, and meets the devotee of Krishna, then there is naturally a conflict. But then the conflict cannot be resolved if both parties don't know the other party, you know. So you only know your stuff, they only know their stuff, and there's no real common grounding. But if you know that what they're talking about, then you first explain to them what they're talking about, and once they agree to you, then you can smash the theory. But if you don't know the theory, how will you smash it? So it's good that you know it, and actually, the devotees, we should know it better. Uh, was that Jiva Goswami who was instructed to study Mayavad by spiritual master? I think, I think it was Jiva Goswami. If, I think if someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he was instructed to first study the Mayavad, and he studied under the Mayavadi guru. He spent a few years, and he fully memorized all the Mayavad philosophies, all the theories, and he was so expert, he became the most expert in the Mayavad school. And then he smashed all those philosophies. So um, that's, that's, uh, that's the heart of a devotee. In the heart we know what is true, and we don't get confused by that. But we should still know what's going on. And, uh, and yeah, you can utilize this opportunity. There are many devotees might want to, who might want to study some of these CH, but they don't have enough time. So you're going to school, you have time, it's all presented to you, so you can understand it and then you can, when the time comes, you can um, give your explanations to it. Thank you, Ravishi. Hare Krishna. Prabhuji, you said how Krishna is the cause of every action. So if something bad happens in the world, then how do we understand that? Because why would Krishna, out of all things, do something bad for the humanity hmm. if he's the cause of all actions? Yes. This is, um, this, is the, this is one of the classic argument by the atheists. 
and many of the world's religions cannot defend them themselves when this comes they have no explanation to this <laughs> so we have a krishna conscious explanation <clears throat> we understand that the bad things in the world that's happening who is causing it is a god causing it no well ultimately god has to approve it so in that sense yes you can say but he is not the primary cause the primary cause is our own selves so we are getting the reactions of our own karma yeah so you can um, you can choose not to go to school not that you go to school you do home schooling but you can choose to not study and when you fail the exam you say oh, krishna caused me to fail where well, yeah, krishna proved that you will fail but it's you who caused yourself a failure isn't it so So philosophically we can understand that everyone is going through their own reactions to their actions. So in that way it makes it should make us responsible for what we what we what we do and how we act. In having said that though we are not insensitive and we don't just go to someone who is suffering from an incredible pain and say you're suffering because it's your karma. and that I'll let you continue to suffer until your karma finishes no we try to help we understand that it's because of the karma but at the same time we try to help them reduce their load of karma by engaging them somehow in krishna consciousness but yes the bad in the world actually in the bhagavad gita it says there are five causes to an action yes so there is the there is the individual soul there the body there is the endeavor there is the um and there is the supreme which is called super soul is it right how many we mentioned this four and there's one more defect okay i tried to memorize them so many times i keep forgetting the fifth one but it's uh, but th- these are the five factors so it's not just individual living entity but also it is not just a super soul but it's also the individual living entity it's also our endeavor so all of those amount to what becomes the result and not just the supreme lord thank you yes bro thank you probably for your class just extending from that previous question um i just had a thought in my mind regarding maya so if krishna is a cause and effect and he creates a spiritual energy as well as a material energy in the form of maya as well <clears throat> trying to understand what's the purpose of that in the sense of if there's maya out there there's distractions people are having a different level of consciousness whether it's tangible in the form of meditating or intoxication or it's intangible in terms of their actual behavior that's all that is a form of energy that we can see happening but i'm trying to understand why that's been created 
why it has been created. Yeah, just Maya in the, in the energetic form. To facilitate our desires, because when the living entity has the desire to enjoy separate from the Lord, then how would you, unless you're put into illusion? So, so Krishna creates this most amazing and complex energy that can completely bewilder a living entity to do the most crazy things. <clears throat> is, it, is that an answer to the question? Is that it makes sense, but I'm just like, I find it hard to understand why such crazy things are created. Why is it created? Yeah how, yeah, how did Krishna even create this thing? Like, for example, drugs and meat-eating, just that concept is so foul. I'm just trying to understand that there could be something less severe than that created to describe the same purpose. It's so extreme. Yeah. And, but then trying to, trying to connect that with saying that, yeah, Krishna is also created that in that form because it's cause and effect, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just trying to, it's hard to comprehend. It's hard to comprehend. It's definitely hard to comprehend. Um, yeah, many times people, that when we meet people and um, in our outreach events, and sometimes people tell us some of the things that they do for their enjoyment, and it's so wild and crazy. It's like, how did you even come up with that? Like, you know, how could you even imagine something, doing something like this, you know? So, this Krishna's material energy, I guess, um, I mean, really showing how crazy the world can become when we forget Krishna. And how far can we go when Krishna is not in our life? So, um, looking at some of those efforts, some of those endeavors, you can see that, wow, you know, you can, you can really act in some of the most obnoxious ways and not even see that as a problem because you have no, you have no Krishna in your life. So, I mean, for them it's not obnoxious. For them it's, it's the greatest source of pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Krishna is, Krishna is facilitating everyone's desires. Krishna is allowing them to go as far as they want and see if they can find any happiness there. <clears throat> so, the repercussions are, are massive. Um, the pleasure is very little, but then it would be bad for a parent if he's not able to facilitate the child in a way that, in, in, in a sense that, you know, the, not that the parent wants the child to, to go through that, but then child is dependent on the father. He said, I, I, I want to enjoy and I want to go out of home, but then can you get me this or that? So, so father still feels compassion and facilitating his enjoyment. And also the living entity who is um, Ananda Mayobhyasa, his pleasure seeking. So when he's forgotten Krishna with his, with his highest form of relationship, highest form of love, it's so, that relationship and that love is so strong, that happiness is so strong that when we sort of turn around, 
we try to go the same distance on the other side, you know, like try to really revive that, trying to really capture that happiness that is inherent within all of us. But how would you do that if Krishna is not there? So Krishna has to create this whole material energy to create these very weird combinations for people to then try and enjoy in that way. That's kind of my limited understanding. You, you had anything to share on that? No, thank you. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Prabhu. Yes. By the way, sorry, before your question, I just had a quick split second to search Google for the five causes of action. It says right here, is the place of action, the performer, the senses, endeavor, and super soul. Um, Prabhuji, so like when we're trying to convince someone of the Darwin theory, which you were talking about, then we ask for a proof, and then sometimes they even give us the proof, like a whole family lineage, lineage walking on their fours, or an unusual case where a child's born with a tail. So like how do we prove these things that these evolutions don't exist? Because then it becomes kind of hard because they're giving us a proof when you said there's no proof. Hmm. If this is the proof, then we should be able to see that happening more than once or twice. Yeah. So there are there are logical errors. There are also not enough evidences. So there is also that error. And the, the fact that Darwin himself wasn't sure about his theory. <laughs> it's kind of a proof of in, in its own way, you know. So we can see that the, the child is born with a tail, but it's not really quite like a tail, you know. It, and they, they make a big thing out of it. But it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't really show, and it's, it's, it's just him, but like, what about his parents, you know? If it was an evolution, then five or six generations later, at least someone should look more like a monkey than him, or should have a bigger tail than him or something, you know? So it's like, how does that prove, isn't it? You would have to come up with something, where otherwise you will sound pretty ridiculous. So then they come up with like some, some of these kind of evidences, which is not really an evidence. Because it doesn't really show evolution happening. Yeah, but the tail should be shrinking, so it should be bigger and smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's not really an evidence then, that you show there's one person in the family who seems to have some kind of a tail. You know. <laughs> so, and many of the, many of the other evidences also, um, they're not, they're not, they're not really, there's so little to be really, to really, um, to really prove such a big theory that it doesn't really say anything much. So if we just go a little bit deeper into all those evidences, we, we understand that they are just plain lies. It's not, it's not even like a somewhat of a nice proof, it's like it's plain lie, it's not science. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going into too much details of all of the evidences, but in essence. Yeah, makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Thank you very much. Grantrat Shimad Bhagavatam ki jai shirabopada ki jai.